What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. can't wait for you to hear this episode where I caught up with a good friend of mine and one of Australia's leading entrepreneurs, Jack DeLosa. Despite dropping out of university, Jack's list of successes is almost too long to mention, but I will give you a sneak peek. Jack is the founder of The Entourage, Australia's largest education institution for entrepreneurs. He is also a high-profile investor, co-founder of the MBE Education, and an author of two best-selling books, Unprofessional and Unwritten. A speaker, a coach, has his own self-titled podcast and is a regular feature on BRW's Rich List. And that's just a start. After feeling dissatisfied with the traditional training available to help entrepreneurs start and scale successful businesses, Jack founded The Entourage with a vision to improve education by introducing a style of learning that puts the individual first. Prior to this, Jack co-founded MBE Education, which assisted small and medium-sized enterprises in raising money from investors. This quickly became one of Australia's fastest-growing companies, helping clients raise hundreds of millions of dollars. Growing up, Jack's parents run a non-for-profit organization that helped at-risk youth to get off the streets and into employment. And after years of watching people turn their lives around, Jack developed a deep desire to give back to society and help people achieve greatness. This was also where he learned that traditional learning systems don't necessarily work for everyone. Now on a mission to change the world for the better, Jack is living his passion of helping others achieve their dreams. An incredible source of knowledge and the perfect example of someone who truly believes in the power of living with purpose, Jack has spent years learning from successes and failures to create a career around helping individuals build successful businesses and helping to make the world a better place. In this inspirational episode, you'll learn the importance of tapping into your passion, even if it doesn't fit into the traditional idea of a career, common traits of successful business people how you can train your body and mind to get used to the uncomfortable and the benefits of leaving your comfort zone. The power of listening to your inner voice that if you work at anything for long enough, you can turn it into your strength. The importance of learning from the experiences of others. The benefits of blocking out time 
to focus solely on what is important to you and so much more. I just know you are going to get so much out of this episode. So let's get right into it. Hi, Jack. Welcome to our Dream Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am super pumped we're doing this. <laughs> so am I. I'm so excited to speak uh, to you today. So obviously, I did your podcast. Yes. Um, but I was Thank you so, for that. Oh, my pleasure. But I actually wanted to do it at the same time because there was so much that we could have, you know, shared. Exactly. Same questions. So, yeah. The only thing is, is we don't have the bottle of wine. No, we do don't. need to do that at some point. A podcast with wine. But you know I don't it drink anyone. Oh, correct. We discussed this. I'm still going through, so I, I am absolutely abstinent for three months. Wow. April the 4th, so another 12 days or something. But, yes, what happens thereafter is is up for contention Can at this stage. Can you just call me on the 4th? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. Before you're up. <laughs> yes, done. Anyway, so, so you are one of Australia's leading entrepreneurs, the founder of Entourage, Australia's largest education institution for entrepreneurs, co-founder of MBE Education, author of two best-seller books, Professional and Unwritten, host of a number one podcast, a speaker, a coach, and a regular feature on BRW's Rich List. Wow, that's an incredible introduction to someone. I cannot wait to talk about all this. But each episode, I like to start thinking back about your childhood. Did you have any dreams as a child? Was there something you dreamt about either doing or being? Such a good question. So my parents run a not-for-profit organization called Breaking the Cycle. Yeah. And they take long-term unemployed youth off the street, so like youth at risk off the street, and they put them through education programs. Uh, and they could only take a finite number of kids every year. I say kids. I was like eight, nine, and 10. They were like young adults, so like yeah. 18, 19, 20. And um, they'd, only take, they'd only be able to take a finite number. And so they deliberately choose those from the most challenging of backgrounds, so young adults that were on and off drugs from abusive homes in that jail. And they would put them through these educational programs, then place them into employment. And even though they chose the people from the most challenging of backgrounds, they were the most successful job placement agency for long-term unemployed youth in Australia. Wow. So they were very, very, very good at what they did. And so I was, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And that was my school of life, right? Like I would I would watch these young adults come into breaking the cycle literally half dead. And through the right training, the right education, the right TLC, the right conversations evolve into uh, just this astounding version of themselves and then go out and gain employment. And then they'd come back and speak at like a fundraiser a year later and it'd be like, it wouldn't be a different person. It would just be more, so much more of this same person that walked in a year and a half ago. And so... Uh, that showed me a couple of things. Firstly, that uh, the traditional system certainly doesn't work for everybody. And I think that's becoming increasingly true with every year that passes. And secondly, so, you know, the world needs changing. And secondly, the world is changeable, meaning it doesn't matter what background somebody comes from or what their current conditions are or what they may have done in the past by way of you know, destructive behaviors, they can turn their life around if they develop a, a meaningful vision for it and, and have the necessary support around it. So that gave me the seed that kind of uh, determined for me that education was going to be my life's work. Yeah. Wow. 
And it certainly has. That's so inspiring. What an incredible parents to have as well. They were, models. yeah. Mum was the head trainer and dad was the general manager. So I'd like literally skip school and be in mum's classes and breaking the cycle and she'd be teaching like life skills and personal development and so like everything you do so well with Kiki K that I love. All of that is the world that I grew up in. Yeah. Wow. That is so inspiring. Thank you for sharing. Many people may not know that you dropped out of university before you came one of Australia's top entrepreneurs. Can you share your personal success story with us? So obviously you knew that you were going to go into education of some sort. Tell us how it all came about and how how your business came to life. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I was lucky in that so when I was a teenager, you know, if you had have asked me what I wanted to be, I would have told you a politician because what happened with Breaking the Cycle is they were a not-for-profit organization. They were dependent on government funding. The government pulled the funding. The organization collapsed. And so that frustrated me and I was probably like nine or ten years of age at the time. And so I wanted to become a politician because I thought the politicians were the people that got things done. <laughs> I love how we laugh at that. <laughs> so good. And then as so I was studying, you know, I'm literally 13, 14 at this point, studying politicians and political movements and, you know, all of that, Noam Chomsky type stuff. And, and, then I, and then I kind of, the more I learned about the world and what shapes it, the more I learned that it was entrepreneurs and innovators that really shape the world. Governments tend to regulate innovation, but they don't innovate. And corporates tend to buy innovation, but they don't innovate. And typically it's entrepreneurs and innovators. And so, and so then from a young age, I thought, okay, if I, if I, if I want to have any influence, it's probably going to be through the path of entrepreneurship as opposed to politics. And so I just always, I just always had run my own businesses. So I dropped out of uni. I started a marketing company down in Melbourne. We were just an outsourced call center. So we had some really, really good clients, you know, some sort of BRW Fast 100 clients and all that. Essentially, companies that wanted to outsource their marketing campaigns would come to us and we'd deploy it on their behalf. But I was like super young and dumb and arrogant you know the, the problem with me starting a business at the age of 18 is that I knew everything already <laughs> you know yes. that comes with age and wisdom uh, yeah. <laughs> and so we made every mistake in the book um, I then started a company that delivered emotional intelligence training and like EQ type stuff into a lot of high schools and universities around Victoria uh, and that went really well. And through that, I met a guy called uh, Reuben Buchanan, who we ended up starting MBE Group together, which would essentially uh, go on to help small to medium-sized enterprise raise money from investors. And that was my first real home run in business. And so we became one of Australia's fastest growing companies. We helped our clients raise over $300 million from investors over a period of a couple of years. And so that gave me media profile and it gave me some experience in running a successful business, not just experience in running unsuccessful business. I think both were important for me. And it gave me network and it gave me all of, it gave me resource and it gave me a financial foundation and all of that sort of stuff. So after doing that for a period of time, I came back to, you know, wanting to build an education institution and that manifested in the form of the entourage. I love that because uh, you had the experience of, uh, of both success and failure. Mm. And there's a really good quote that I wanted to to mention. Failure is not the opposite of success. It's just a stepping stone to success. Mm. And that's Ariana Huffington saying mm. that. And uh, and I think that is so true. And I actually saw a speaker a few years ago, and I actually can't remember his name, but uh, he he was at, it was a room full of entrepreneurs and he was saying, he was asking, raise your hands if you had 
had a failure in your business yet and there was a few and he said to the rest like don't worry you'll get there and yeah that's really important. and <laughs> i think you know that i think uh, there's not a lot of people talking about failures mainly you know media often talk about success or the really bad failures but there is, there is so much learning out of um, failure so i'm glad yeah. you brought that up so tell us a little bit for those who are listening because obviously we are a global podcast so some might not know about uh, the entourage so tell us a little bit um what you do and also what uh, what is different from any other training um for entrepreneurs absolutely so we're, we're australia's largest training institution for business owners essentially so when you say that, people often think, you know, oh, you help people with an idea, start a business. That's not really the space that we uh, live in, albeit a very important one. We tend to work with those that have launched a business, they have some revenues, and they're good at what they do. So I have a cupcake store and I want six cupcake stores, or I'm a consultant with a team of four, I want to scale it and, you know, drive its profitability and ultimately have a team of 12 or 20 or 50. Or, you know, I'm an events management company and we currently do the Olympics and the some rugby union around the world, but we want to expand into several more verticals and quadruple the size of our business. So, so I've navigated seed stage, I've navigated startup stage, meaning what I, what I do in terms of the technical operation of the product or service I deliver, I, I tend to do it quite well. But I need help in how do I turn this into a commercially scalable organization. And so marketing, sales, product development and delivery, customer journey, operations, financial management, people management, culture, raising money from investors, all of those enterprising skills or entrepreneurial skills that traverse industry, that's what we train on. What makes us different to anybody else that does that in the world is is our breadth and depth of expertise. And so we bring in the best entrepreneurs and the best advisors from any one of those fields, marketing, sales, digital marketing, culture, finance, management, whatever it might be. And so real intelligent and real business owners that come to the entourage do so to connect with entrepreneurs and advisors uh, that are literally world's best practice so that they can build a great company. Mm-hmm. And so the results that sort of occur here, you know, Shopo is a good example with Jane Lowe. She started with us and she built a great business. She was doing uh, about a quarter of a million dollars a year. And then a couple of years ago, you know, she got to uh, revenues of about $30 million dollars. And, and it's gone north. It's continued to go north, even steeper since then. But yeah, so, so that has been incredibly successful. And so, or, you know, the, the tech guys that started with us around, literally two cousins started with us around their kitchen table, four years later, go on to sell a portion of their business at a valuation of $50 million, and then a, a couple of years later, achieve a full exit. And so, in, so our whole emphasis is around real commercial results, like genuinely building profitability, genuinely helping good business owners achieve exponential growth and and helping guide them along the way so that they can do it well and in a de-risked fashion and in an accelerated fashion. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening and uh, want to join you, is it like a subscription model or is it like a membership? Like how do you, how does it work in case anyone who's listening wants to look into it a bit more? Yeah, great question. So there's just there's just tiers of membership essentially and it starts with a free membership. So super easy. All you need to do is go to the-entourage, T-H-E-entourage.com yep. and you can become a member for free and then you know, uh, we start sending you resources and videos and shortcuts and everything you need to tilt the curve of your business. Wonderful. So it must, it must be so inspiring to help others achieve their dreams. And you must see so many amazing business ideas and meet so many inspiring entrepreneurs. But you must also see many ideas that should succeed 
but don't. What do you think is the key thing people do who do succeed? What do they have in common? That's such a good question. Uh, you know, that's the billion-dollar question. There's, there's a few things. So I call it the dichotomy of a great entrepreneur, which is they're both independently minded and highly coachable at the same time. Mm. And often those things it can be a contradiction in one individual. So it's unique that you find both of them in one individual. So by independently minded, I mean, generally speaking, those that innovate and drive projects and businesses and brands forward know what they want, are very clear from a vision perspective, and they've got a hell of a lot of energy and passion and grit to get there. Now, one can be all of those things, but because the voice inside of them is rightly so, so loud, they cannot be so teachable mm. in terms of covering their weaknesses and their blind spots and even just amplifying their strengths. And then you might have other people that are hugely teachable and and, and they go in search of answers, but they might not have that the, the, that inner voice dialed up to the to the degree that it could be, and so they're almost too reliant on other people's opinions and yeah. not 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 enough on their own intuition. Yeah, and so I think the dichotomy of all great entrepreneurs is is that they possess both. They're very independently minded. They know where they're going, and they recognise they don't know everything, and they recognise that they've got biases and blind spots, and therefore consciously and proactively seek the counsel of those they respect. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I have uh, in in the book, but also uh, the way that uh, done with Kiki K is always who rather than, you know, if we have a great idea, rather than think about what, yes. like who, who has done this before, yeah. who can we learn from, what mistakes did I make because yes. there's so much wisdom in the mistakes yes. and you don't do them. Um, don't have to do them uh, yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it's so simple, just to have a coffee. And um, yeah. most people are really, if you make it easy for them to actually go to their place versus, you know, getting them to yes. travel across the city or whatever. But if you actually just deliver a coffee and just have 15 or half an hour with them, it's yeah. amazing. And I learned, that's how I learned yes. everything about business. And I think there's one more thing from my point of view it is to not give up because mm. you know I think small business mm. it's hard Resilience. and you you have to really want to do it yeah I think that is uh, I think that is uh, I think a lot of people have it to get maybe to 90 percent but it's that 10 percent yes that makes the difference. yes yeah I, I would totally yeah in terms of I would say resilience is probably the number one characteristic yeah because you, you, it's it's not easy no, know <laughs> that. So, for for someone who's clearly living, you know, you're clearly living your values, and we're going to talk a lot about personal development because it's one of my absolute passions, yes, and you're very good too. at that. And I love your fame at five a.m. and all that. Because we're going to talk about that. But before we do, I love to. Um, because you, you are clearly someone who lives your values and passions. For someone who who are thinking about starting a business, what is your tips in terms of? finding their passions because I think that is so important to really do something you love you know this today is Monday and I was so excited to drive to the airport fly here and do this like yeah. I, lo- I couldn't think of anything better That's you know so combined good. with a good coffee <laughs> and it's so important I think to just really have something and of course in an entrepreneur as, a, as an entrepreneur there are a lot of stuff that we don't want to do and, yeah and especially in the beginning but for anyone who's listening, what would you recommend in terms of finding their passions and their values and do something they really love? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things that because, you know, as you say, everyone sort of find your passion and find your purpose and all of that. And, and it can be really easily said, but but quite hard to explore and practice yourself. I mean, I, I think it comes down to exploration and exploration in two senses. 
internal exploration of self and external exploration of the world. And I don't necessarily mean geographically, albeit it might be that too, but exploration of different things and different fields and different people and different disciplines and different bodies of knowledge. And so internal exploration looks like getting in touch with yourself. And what prevents somebody from doing that is all of the messages and all of the noise that we're surrounded with really from when we're born, from parents to grandparents to siblings to culture to school to university. And so we live in a culture that places so much emphasis on the voice of authority that your inner intuition can get drowned out to such a degree that you can't hear it anymore. Mm. And so internal exploration for me is about trying to get back in touch with that inner whisper and turning it up so that it's a roar and no longer a whisper. And it's like, like what brings you joy? Yeah. What makes you curious? What are, if you've got a Sunday off, what do you do? You know, I think a huge thing that prevents people from finding their passion in inverted commas is it doesn't fit the career progression plan that the careers counsellor spoke about when we were going into, you know, it's not, you know, because if your passion isn't <clears throat> I like P&Ls and balance sheets and therefore I should be an accountant, I mean, that I think a lot of people then discount what they're passionate about because it doesn't fit into a traditional career, but it doesn't need to. In fact, it goes far to say it's actually better in 2019 and beyond yeah. if it doesn't fit into a traditional box. And yeah. so, like, you know, like, look at what, like, I'm the hugest Christina Carlson fan <laughs> in the world, but it's like I'm going to start a brand and I'm going to combine, like, seriously, Swedish design, Swedish yeah. Swedish design, <laughs> sorry, I had a mental blank there. Swedish design with personal development that inspires people to dream in retail stores and I'm going to fuse personal development with design, with retail. It's like who, who thinks of that? Like where did that, you know, it certainly didn't come from the careers counsellor, but my <laughs> God, it's beautiful and amazing and successful. And so get in touch with yourself almost to the absolute disregard for any preconditioning that might have come mm. through school or through careers counsellors. Yeah, and I and I think that's where actually, um, well, I'll, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second because I think if you actually do some dreaming exercises where you actually take it out from reality and just forget about your your day-to-day -day and your, your, um, yes. your uh, you know, like where you are today because I meet so many people who are actually really clever, really have amazing careers but are actually not happy what they're doing because they're doing so well in that but that's not what they want. So yes. I, I think that's really great advice and actually yes. just asking yourself, what would you do if you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, resources, knowledge, and the energy, yes, what would you, and the time, what would you do with your life? And, yes, and to do that on a Sunday is amazing because yes. that will get you out of your head yes. and into your heart. And how do you do that? There's a silver bullet. It's called your dream life starts here. I'm looking at it. Like seriously, if you sat down on a Sunday and just did some of these exercises, like that's all you need to do. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean that genuinely. I mean, I know it's ironic, but genuinely. I think I said this to you last time we caught up. This was going back, I think, 2012, 2013. I mean, Entourage was relatively new. I'd, I'd achieved a lot in my previous business. So, I, I, you know, I was, I was pretty good from a financial perspective and all that. But for whatever reason, my fire wasn't lit in that moment. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, what should I do? You know, I was a bit of a crossroads. And I got a Kiki K goals diary. Mm -hmm. and, and through the exploration and then the consolidation of the, you know, the, the, the exactly what I'm talking about now, the internal exploration and getting it down and getting it out and writing it down, 
was actually really quite um, formative for me at that point. And so, and so these tools are seriously important. So that's the internal exploration. And then external exploration is go out and experience things like experience different jobs, start a business or two, experience different cultures, learn about different bodies of knowledge. And wherever something resonates with you, treat that as your guidance system. Like that's gold. Mm. If something resonates with you, it's like follow that. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much. Lots of wisdom there. So in my book, I share with readers that I've found great inspiration from the dreams and experiences of others. I would love to know who inspires you. Mm. Mm, I love that question. So many people. You know, I know at another uh, really difficult this example is going to sound crazy, by the way. I'll have to qualify it. But uh, I was going through a really difficult period in business and then I read or listened to Long Walk to Freedom by yeah. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I'm not drawing a comparison by any means, right? This first world <laughs> well, you know, white boy from Australia starting a business. Oh, it's so difficult. It's yeah. like but, but you know, Nelson Mandela is incredibly inspiring. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're going through a hard time, read that book and it will help you get perspective. So, you know, Mandela's a huge one. Steve Jobs is a, is a huge one. I love the way Elon Musk com- combines entrepreneurship and uses it as a vehicle to address global problems. That's, yeah. that's hugely inspiring. Yeah. Musk, Jobs, Mandela. There's one that I'm forgetting. Oprah. I find Oprah incredible. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of people. Einstein, yeah. Michelangelo, who was a sculptor turned painter five hundred years ago, painted the roof of the Sistine Chapel. He was incredibly independently minded, and he risked his life on several occasions to communicate his life's work through his art. I, I mean, I, I think history is just full of such incredible examples of great people, and therefore messages to learn from. Mm. Absolutely. I I agree with all the ones that you had. They're all inspiring to me as well. How do you, um, in terms of the learning, because you obviously need to learn so much in terms of educating other people. I know you get some experts in, but how do you, how do you learn? So you mentioned books, but in, are there any other way of learning for you? Again, such a good question. So here's the thing. I, my, the, the, the principle through which I approach life is that everything is a skill. And so, yes, there's certain traits that we're born with, you know, and there's certain traits that entrepreneurial people are born with. But it's like those traits can diminish over time if you let them and they can also develop and flourish over time if you get in the right environment and do the right things. So there's some stuff that's innate. But like um, most things in life are a skill, like marketing is a skill, sales is a skill, product development is a skill, emotional intelligence is a skill. Harvard have been producing research since the 1880s. It's the longest running research piece in known history proving that happiness is a skill, no different to playing the violin. I'm sure you've probably written about that. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it's like what happiness is skill? Yeah, happiness is a skill. And so it's like – and so I think what can happen a lot of the time is we kind of reach the barriers of our existing capability and we go, I'm not good at this or I'm, I'm just not that. And it's like, it's like we assume we've got this circle of capability and anything that falls outside of that, I don't possess that, I wasn't born with it, therefore I'm not that. And I, I just challenge that in every way, shape, or form. Like empathy is a skill. Being somebody that can dream is a skill. Like yeah. I guarantee you would have gotten better at that, Absolutely. you know, every year probably Absolutely. for your entire life. I've certainly gotten better at it. 
being somebody, you know, I think entrepreneurs need to be good at developing and communicating visions. I was really bad at that seven or eight years ago, and today I consider it to be a strength of mine. And so if you adopt the view that everything is a skill, then whatever you want to get better at, whatever you need to develop into in order to move closer to your life vision, you just learn the skill. And so how do I do that? I'm up every morning at 5 or 5.30 a.m., and I'm doing deep almost curriculum-driven learning, and I develop the curriculum. But it's like, what are the key things that I want to go deeper into and where do I want to develop the capabilities to become more of who I am? Yeah. And so and so that's anywhere from an hour to three every morning, Monday to Friday. And so I'm probably in deep, like, and when I say deep, I don't mean I'm lying on the couch watching YouTube. I do that too. But deep learning for probably about a 1,000 hours a year on selected bodies of knowledge to become better well and how do you how do you develop the curriculum like do you read books or do you or do you is there any what is there any specific i guess depends on what the topic is but uh, for anyone who's listening i'm just trying to get as much out of you as possible so people can be inspired by doing similar things because i i absolutely love i learn every morning and i love it Books are the main thing for me. I mean, you're right. It does. It it can be books, or it can be resources online, or it can be videos and documentaries, or it can be reading research papers. But I'd say like eighty percent of it is books. There's there's not a lot that you can't get from books. Yeah. You know. I always say, and I've mentioned this many times on this podcast, that I find it fascinating that you can buy a book for whatever country you are, but you know, for twenty dollars or whatever. Yeah. You know, roughly everyone knows roughly what twenty dollars is for a book with like a lifetime of wisdom yes. from all walks Crazy. of life. Crazy, exactly. It's just, I just find it absolutely fascinating. For those people who do not like reading, there's obviously audiobooks, audiobooks. now and there's lots of online uh, and podcasts. Podcasts. Incredible. Yeah, ironically because we're filming one right now. But but that's the other thing that I've gotten a lot into lately is yeah. more podcasts. Yeah. And that's really useful, you know, because there might be anywhere from 20 minutes to, well, some of them are three hours. But let's say yeah. the bell curve is like 20 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you're at the gym or you, 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 you're driving away for the weekend or you're walking to work you know you can listen to really good podcasts that were released yesterday from the people that are the best in that field in the world i know it's like man that's so empowering i know it's incredible so it's such a good time to be alive exactly always um, think about how um grateful i am for that yeah so i'm always amazed how few people take the time out to dream to imagine the future they want and then chase it and what a massive positive impact it could be on the world if more people did that. With this in mind, what three dreams would you write down if you knew anything was possible and you couldn't possibly fail to achieve them? Hmm, that is such a uh, deeply profound question, and it's one it's one that you know you could spend a day thinking yeah, about absolutely. it on these scratches. And you know, you could have in my book, I have one on one dreams, so you can just choose anything. It doesn't <laughs> have to be uh, you know the top three. It could be so, things that you want to want to do. Yeah. So the first would be I'm going to approach this from a dreams for the planet yeah. as opposed to my goals. Yeah, so so dreams of that would be you know I I, I think. We're coming into a period, at least I hope, with humanity where there will be an elevation of human consciousness. And I see a lot of the global problems that are going on right now, whether it's global warming or politics or economics or terrorism, albeit terrorism isn't nearly as large as an issue as the media makes it out to be, or even just cultural differences, you know, all these... I, I, I see the, the crux or the, the, the genesis of all of this being a reflection of unevolved consciousness. 
And so my, my first dream would be for all of us to collectively help drive the elevation of human consciousness mm. to, to be a more evolved species. Yeah, beautiful. I would, so that's dream number one. Dream number two would be in doing so, the education through which we offer uh, up-and-coming generations would improve substantially, and so that's number two. And that's not I want the education system to improve because the education system as we know it won't improve to the degree to which it needs to. And so it's going to need to come from somewhere else. So that's probably the two things. Let's elevate our consciousness, you know, to 7.5 billion people are on the planet, no biggie, and uh, have some better education out there for up-and-coming generations. <clears throat> Perfect. Those, <laughs> I think those two will keep you busy <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> I love it. Thank you very much. Very inspiring dreams for us to be um, inspired by. So, so much of the work you do is to help people live their best lives, but I'd love to know how you manage to balance everything you do. Um, I know you make time for self-care, health and fitness in your day, but tell us a little bit about your non-negotiables and how you look after yourself in terms of um, um, your personal side, but also work-life balance, which mm. is combined. Mm. And this might be a good opportunity to talk about the no alcohol thing as well because I actually haven't spoken about that at all. And I don't know if you have, but maybe we should have that conversation. Yeah. But just pre that, you know, I let me sort of preface this by saying I don't, I don't think anybody's perfect at this and, and you've got to find what works for you. And, and I've probably gotten significantly better at this over the last 18 months. So it's even, you know, relatively new to me as well. But I meditate, you know, uh, usually uh, at least once a day. I, I tend to eat really well. Uh, I train. I try and train sort of three or four times a week. I do try and have downtime. I do think as entrepreneurs, you know, to put a sort of to ground that in realism, I know work-life balance is something that is spoken about and should be aspired to work-life harmony should be aspired towards. There, but admittedly, there are periods, you know, and even this current month is one example where the business requires so much that I, I do need to compromise on that balance aspect for a month or two at a time. And, yep. and I'm willing to do that. And I'm able to do that in the position that I'm fortunate enough to be in. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, and so I do all of those. I meditate, you eat well, train, I spend time with my partner, spend downtime, do a lot of reading and learning, which lights me up. Am I always perfect at it? No. Do I get to do it 100% of the time to the degree that I would like to? No. Yeah. A really interesting conversation around this is, you know, you stopped drinking alcohol recently for good and uh, I, I stopped. And can I just say, though, before you go into <laughs> in case someone's listening to this a year, yeah, I haven't said for good. Yes. I've done 18 months so far yeah. as this recording, a little bit more maybe. But uh, I haven't actually said for good, so yeah. I'm not. So if anyone sees me drinking, yeah. anyone, you can try. <laughs> I just want to clarify that. But I, I haven't set a date and I haven't made a decision, so I just want to clarify that. Just, just so, uh, and also, uh, I love that you said you're not perfect because I, I think um, it's very important to say that because some people do think that um, will look at you and from the outside your life looks perfect, but of course, no, no, there's challenges and having mm. big dreams is challenging. So absolutely. So yeah, back to the alcohol. So you. Have so done- that's been an absolute domino for me, and mm. and I I've never drunk much at all, particularly relatively speaking. You know, there is a bit of a drinking culture here in Australia. I've always been pretty good, but cutting it out one hundred percent has meant that I have more energy. It's meant that I sleep better, which means I have more energy. 
It means that I get up earlier, which means that the meditation and the learning and the training all happens to a far greater degree, which means I feel better during the day, which means I am happier, which means I then sleep better again that night. And it's this upward spiral. I mean, the things that I've been able to do in the last three months are really bewildering to me. And and one of like the fundamental domino has been no alcohol. And so that's super interesting. I, I would go as far to say that... The difference, and again, I've, I've never drunk much at all, but but the difference between me drinking even a little bit and not at all can be the difference between life happening to me and me happening to life mm. because of the momentum that you're able to create and the mental clarity that you've got and the creativity that you've got and just how productive and effective you are. And so while particularly in today's day and age, it, it might sound like a daunting thing to, to just cut out alcohol altogether, I would challenge anybody listening to this to really consider it. Uh, and even, you know, I was like, I'm just going to test an experiment for a quarter for three months and who knows, you know, like yeah. we'll just see how we go. And and it has made a fundamental difference to my life and business and all I did was stop drinking. Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting one because, I mean, for some people think it's crazy. Some of my friends think I'm crazy because I am a wine lover. <laughs> and, Same. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, do, I, do, I do agree with that. And, um, and for me, it's come so uh, – because, you know, with that comes a little bit, you know, you're not as social because you don't want to be out drinking, you know, late. And I, I'm similar, I was similar to you. I didn't – it wasn't like I was, you know, drunk every night. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, out every night. But yeah. it was more um, – that I love my morning so much. Like, yes. it's just, you know, I was up early this morning and I drove to yes. the airport early and got a coffee on the way and I was like, this is this is what I love. Yes. I love seeing sunrises. In each city I always try to see a sunrise, go yes. to a beautiful place and see it. And I um, I, I think the mornings make – because yeah. even if you just have a couple of, um, you know, a couple of drinks, a couple of glasses of wine, you do sleep worse. Yes. Uh, well, I did anyway and um, and it's definitely – Your mornings aren't as yeah, good. No. Yeah. I really I liked how you effect for sure. Yeah, I really liked you articulated that to me last time we caught up, and and it really put into words I think what I feel, which is I love my mornings. Yeah, and you know to your question around work life balance and that sort of stuff, I've still been testing around with this sort of stuff. But what what I'm now what I used to do was get up, meditate, go to the gym. What I've now found is that if I get up and start doing deep learning or deep work, I, I can achieve just from like intellectual clarity and perhaps like lack of fatigue or whatever i can i can achieve in two hours what otherwise might have taken me literally three or four days and so it's almost like this superpower of 5 30 7 30 whatever you focus you're gonna do so well yeah and so i now do that in the morning and then i train in the afternoons which is good because it breaks up my day so again i'm still sort of testing with it and i encourage anybody to do that and figure out what works for you but, um, yeah, alcohol, it, it, it robs you of your mornings and, yeah. and they're sacred times. Yeah, absolutely. Love this. I mean, we can talk week or seriously about that. So I'm just going to just ask a couple of more questions. So I'm a huge believer in jumping out of your comfort zone and taking every opportunity. How important is this idea of getting out of your comfort zone to you? And what advice do you have for someone who may be fearful of taking a leap in their own lives? Yeah, I, I, I think the willingness to go outside of your comfort zone uh, is critical to building a successful life. And I don't use the word critical lightly. I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do it without being willing to go outside your comfort zone. You know, I think that culturally we place too much importance on staying comfortable. Mm. 
And if there's if there's anything, you know, to come back to the, the second question around what are successful people have in common, it's that they're they're comfortable being uncomfortable. They're comfortable learning things while they're still an amateur. They're comfortable trying things even though they know they're gonna falter. Uh, you know, they're they're comfortable being in uncomfortable circumstances. So it's it's absolutely critical. What I would suggest one does is you practice it. And so um, I'll, I'll use a small example of that. Um, I, I, I achieved this through physical training and through cold immersion. And so, for example, um, have you heard of cold immersion, Wim Hof type stuff? Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah. just like, yeah, because I, I got a bit sidetracked there thinking about another question. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Right. You know, it's funny, my, even my son now is into that. Yes. But I am actually, you know, and also being a Swede. Um, of course. We, uh, we, we do jump, Saunas yeah, and lakes. We and we do jumping, but I have yeah. been one of those, I'm right. a bit of a warm, that's why I want to live here <laughs> <laughs> <Move to> Sydney. <laughs> because i think cold here is not as cold as for anybody as listening anyway. i'm on a campaign to get christina to move to sydney <laughs> so cold immersion right there's there's all of these benefits to putting your body uh in a safe environment in in extreme cold conditions it's good for your immune system it's good for your intellectual capability it reduces cortisol which is the chemical in the brain related to stress it increases serotonin development which is the chemical related to happiness uh, it pumps your lymphatic system, which essentially gets all of the gunk out of your body and out of your system. It produces sleep hormones, like and then it's like it's, and then if you look at the other side, hot immersion, like hot saunas, for example, anything that cold immersion doesn't do, hot immersion does do. And so there's very little that we want our bodies to do that hot and cold immersion don't achieve in and of themselves. But cold immersion done properly, you're in water. I mean, ideally, you're in water that's about anywhere from 4 to 10 degrees. And so let's say it's 10 degrees. People go, oh, you know, I was in Melbourne the other day, it was 10 degrees, it wasn't that cold. It's like, no, no, no. You get in water that's 10 degrees, very cold. it's very, very, <laughs> like, so, like you'll, you'll, you'll be in pain and you'll be breathing quickly. But if you can get in and stay in for three minutes, it, it does your world of good. Now, obviously, that is extremely uncomfortable. And so one of the things that I uh, used to do when I train in the morning and now do it in the afternoon is I do it every day. Because it's something, because it's essentially me training my body and mind to not avoid things that are uncomfortable. Mm. And then the way I train at the gym is, is, is similar to that as well. So, so I don't think it's about being willing to be uncomfortable. I think it's about going in search of uncomfortable mm. to train your body and train your mind every single day to pursue that which is uncomfortable because mm. then you grow. Yeah, I love that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I often mention it on the podcast here, is um, you don't have to be great to start, but you actually have to start to be great. And yes. I felt very much that with starting a podcast was really out of my comfort zone. And um, there's so many things, you know, starting a business was very much yeah. out of my comfort zone. Yeah. But so many things. And um, and it's been, podcast being one of my favorite yeah. part of my role now. And I actually, a year ago, I was like, there's no way I'm doing it. <laughs> and, uh, but I have, this, um, I have this thing, and I might have spoken to my um, to, to you about this before but I have this view where where if you if you take some time to dream and you actually think about what you want to achieve in your lifetime and you know one of my dreams is to live to um, 120 so even if I do get to live to um, 120 I feel like life is pretty short so if I have all these dreams that I want to achieve and and then I you know I write them down and I think about them and then if I if I have to, if I have to do them that's going to be uncomfortable because I going to have to push myself to mm. first to do them but also often there are some dreams that 
might be difficult to achieve. So mm. that's uncomfortable. But if you know that you have all these dreams and you're sitting with these and you're actually not doing anything about it, that's also a discomfort for me. Yeah. So then you just choose which discomfort you want to have. And I yes. always choose the one that, you know, let's get out there and, you know, sometimes suffer. And even like things like yoga, you know, I, I sometimes do yoga for very challenging very challenging class and mentally exactly. it's very challenging and yeah, um, yeah. and I'm just like yeah I'm just going to embrace it and yeah. uh, you know I, I know that I'll get better and better but yeah. um, but I think it's a very good tip to actually do some stuff that is uncomfortable and yeah. it could be in, in terms of you know you know, even just running um, exactly. to, to run a little bit faster, a little bit longer. Yeah. Or, or, or speak up in the meeting when you don't want yeah. to or, or you know, if there's a team meeting, stand up and do a presentation. Like it yeah. could be the tiniest things Absolutely. but find ways to get uncomfortable. Mm. That's awesome. So great. I'd love to finish off by asking a few quick questions mm-hmm. and I know our listeners would love to hear from you. If you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say? When the voice inside of you is louder than the voices outside of you, that's when you've begun to master your life. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. We've spoken about this, but just maybe just rehash or add something to it. What are some habits or rituals that you practice regularly to enable you to stay focused and live your dream life? So you've already mentioned that, but is there anything else you wanted to add to that? The key two habits by far are getting up early, 5, 5.30, doesn't matter, pick a time that works for you. And secondly, mitigating or minimizing alcohol. Mm. We haven't actually spoken about phone because I know you're very active on social media. Is that a problem for you in terms of not, you know, obviously not being active is not a problem, but do you feel like you're addicted to the phone because a lot of us out there are addicted to our phone? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I find myself reaching for my phone a lot and, and I'm very conscious of that. I mean, what I can tell you is this, you know, I spoke about before in, in the morning getting up and um, then working for a couple of hours or learning for a couple of hours and my my intellect is far better than it would be through than it, relative to later in the day. I, it's so obvious to me that in the morning if I get up, check Instagram and then start working or then start um, learning, I'm significantly less effective, focused and happy. Mm. And and I don't know if it's that time of mor- morning, but just noticing that was kind of exaggerated. I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. And so I definitely do it too much, but I'm conscious of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's good to um, hear if you have any tips because I think um, – we all suffer from that. Mm. And, you know, it's funny because I always try to look at the airport like everyone is just, you know, in the lounge this morning, yeah. it's like everyone's just head down. So yeah. it's just interesting. I think I know the answer to this one, but because uh, we covered a couple of them, but do you have a favorite Kiki K product or a station product? By far the goals uh, diary. However, your dream life starts here is a serious contender. I just need to run a couple of the exercises a little bit deeper and then I'll come back to you. So let's say for now it's a tie. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you find some um, some golden nuggets there because, you know, yes. as, as we talked about before, uh, dreaming is a practice. And, um, exactly. And I was on a plane uh, this morning and that is the perfect time to kind of take time. And I actually did a post on it. It's like I think most, not most, but a lot of my dreams and ideas has come on a Qantas plane <laughs> Or nature, walking. So yes. both, both disconnected to the world. Yes, yes. But also reading and stuff in the morning uh, also gets me inspired. Can I tell you honestly? So I, I mean, something personal. No, don't tell me honestly. Tell me dishonestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's going to sound like I'm just giving you a compliment, but that's not my intent in saying. 
I've been studying personal development, let's say, since breaking the cycle started. So since I was six and then probably more in depth, probably since I was about 14. The only products that I actually buy and write in and do the exercise of are yours. So thank thank you you so much. Like these are seriously cool. Thank you. And thank you for your support. Mm. I I'm glad they're obviously working because you have done some amazing things. <laughs> they in your are life. working. Yeah. <laughs> so we covered a couple of these, but I'm particularly interested to know what's your favorite book and why. And I know you probably it's like you know naming your favorite child yes. is impossible. So just choose one or two that you could share with our listeners. Okay, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza mm. is a really powerful book. Have you read it? Yeah. Well, no, I actually haven't, but I it's on my shelf. Yes. I have read parts of it and the upset, it's so because I do really I everything that he talks about because I've listened to him is spot on. Yes. Absolutely. And he's the reason I like that book is it goes really deep into uh, essentially how you break your current habit. So let's say you want to get up at 5.30 a.m. or you want to start doing cold immersion or you want to start training or you want to start practicing dreaming every Saturday afternoon. Whatever it is you want to do, a lot of the time we fail at doing it because of our old habits. And so this is a book that really hones in on how do you change and act in alignment with who you want to be. Yeah. Super powerful. The second one would probably be Principles by Ray Dalio. Yeah. yeah Have you read yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll limit it to two yeah, for today. Yeah, so many. <laughs> that is just so exciting. Um, I love I love hearing books. So we'll we'll um, we'll link to those books in the in the show notes. Yeah. One last question for you: If you could go back to your younger self, say when you're in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself, knowing what you know now? Just to continue following your own voice and understand that that will come with huge rewards but also huge consequence and the consequences are worth it Mm. what a beautiful way of ending this super inspiring uh chat thank you so much first thank you for all that you do to the world inspiring Uh, i love watching you i'm very good at uh, doing um stories and you're so good at uh uh, videoing yourself and f- for us to get a real insight and be inspired by that so thank you for sharing and uh, also for taking time and giving uh, me this space today i um, have the most beautiful <laughs> view of sydney and um, being able to do my podcast here this was a ploy this is part of my get christina to move to sydney campaign <laughs> perfect well it's certainly working <laughs> and i must beam that gratitude straight back at you for your life's work i couldn't be more inspired by oh. who you are so thank you very much thank you so much and uh, can't wait to i think we have to follow up with a second chat yes. uh, soon and see um, where you're at and see where where you are in a, in a 12 months time or so. No wine. No wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you on the 4th of April. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. What an inspiring and motivational chat that was. I could honestly have spoken to Jack for hours. I truly hope you were able to find some nuggets of wisdom that you can start to implement into your own life after listening to this episode. I just love Jack's idea that it doesn't really matter what background somebody comes from, what their current conditions are, or what they may have done in the past. Anyone can turn their life around if they develop a meaningful vision and have the necessary supports in place. This is so incredibly true. And whether you want to start a business, change careers, change habits, or change a new dream, it really is possible if you really commit to making it happen. If you're looking for more inspiration on just how you can do this, as well as the guidance and simple steps to help you on your own journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams, whatever they may be, grab a copy of my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. 
and the journal I have created to go with it. You'll find plenty of chapters around following your passions, the power of living with purpose, supports that you can put in place, how to turn your dreams into bite-sized actions and really start on the path to living a life you love. Remember, you are in the driver's seat and it really is up to you to prioritize your dreams. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiration and please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I would also love your support with my big crazy dream to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams on paper and go and chase them. So please help us spread this inspiring message by sharing our podcast on social media with the hashtag 101 million dreamers. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.